thank you for choosing to listen to Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That was the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job. And if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until the time I retired. The thought of that scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which actually started with my decision to start my own business. And by following a very windy road, it led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who were like the old me. I help busy working mums who are tired and exhausted take back control and create the life they really want. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me and Mummy on a Break on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing ordinary people like you and me who I've met during my life and who I think are inspiring individuals. My guest today is Ansi Yeo. We originally met at an interview at an evening networking event and one of the other women there suggested I actually attend Ansi's networking group as it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And it is a lot of fun. We, We laugh from beginning to end, never a dull moment. Um, And because of that, I knew more or less straight away that I needed to become a member of the group. To sum up and see, she has many strings to her bow. She is a businesswoman, a yoga instructor, an Arbonne advocate and a cat lover, to name just a few. Amansi has achieved so many things in her life already. She's a real inspiration to me and many others. She has an aura about her that just transmits calmness <laughs> wherever she is. It's amazing. It's quite infectious. Um, and the focus of this podcast is Ansi, the businesswoman. Yay. So Ansi, I know a bit about you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Okay, so um, I was going to say I'm a cat mommy. <laughs> That's why I'm a cat lover. Um, so my background is uh, I'm originally from Malaysia and desperately wanted to get out of Malaysia and came to England in 19, January 1986 to do my A-levels and didn't really want to go home, mm. as you do. Um, so after my degree... Um, 
which was in economics and social history. I then got a place on a master's in sports science, which is what I was passionate about because mm. my background is sport. Mm. And so I thought I'll do that for a year. Um, got married after that. <laughs> the usual <laughs> mortgage stayed on, you know. Um, but I kind of ended up really, long story short, in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. Training instructors. Those people that wanted to become an instructor, mm-hmm. but also those that are already in the industry who needed uh, or wanted to do advanced training and further education. And so that's what I did um, for quite a long time. And then, I don't know, for some bizarre reason, I thought it's time for a change because I was working for a crazy American woman who was very hormonal <laughs> probably at the time. <laughs> Not a lot of calm in the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw an ad in a paper for a position at the university, mm-hmm. University of Luton, which is now University of Bedfordshire, for a lecturing position. And someone they wanted, as a prerequisite, they wanted someone who had links with the fitness industry. Oh. So I was like, oh, you know, so yeah. I applied. Um, it was for, I thought, a part-time role when I had the interview. Then she offered me a full-time position. So I ended up in academia, which is like, I'm so not academic. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a master's and everything, but I didn't see myself in that kind of setting. You yeah. Know, like lecturing. Yeah. Um, adults, really. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I ended up doing that, but um, I had to bring commercial income into the department. Mm-hmm. So my other colleagues brought in research money. I brought in commercial income. So I still maintain my links in the fitness industry. Um, so I kind of stayed with that for, for a long time while still teaching classes in the evening, while still training instructors at the weekend. So I was teaching, I was working seven days a week. A very full life. Full life for a few years to the point that I would sit down, say in the afternoon, and think, oh, I'll just have a, like a nap for 20 minutes. And I would literally black out for like a few hours. Oh my god, you were that tired. I was that tired, I was that burnt out. Yeah. And it's that kind of, it literally was a blackout that you don't, there's no dream. And when I wake up, I just think it's been 20 minutes, but it's been like three hours. Crikey. So I knew something had to give. Yeah. And so I went Mm -hmm. part-time lecturing. But part-time lecturing is the same work for part-time money. Okay. So, because yeah. you had your modules, those yeah. were your modules, and you looked yeah. after them. Yeah. Regardless, so I still had those modules, but I was now on like half the salary. Mm. So I did it for like six nine months, and I just went no, mm. and pretty much been full time ever since. Really, um, you know, uh, part uh, self employed ever since. So uh, with stints of contract work, um, but yeah, and I just don't think I could ever be. I'm not employable anymore now. <laughs> you are the second person who said that who, whilst we've been doing this series where just it's not in your makeup anymore it's not in their no. makeup anymore to actually have a boss yeah work for someone else couldn't do it really couldn't do it i like my bed too much <laughs> <laughs> you like your own time flexibility it is. freedom it is you know so so even like with you know so i teach classes still now mm-hmm. um but I choose not to teach morning classes, let alone early morning classes. Even someone who says, can you please cover for me? I was like, no. Yeah. You know, 
I did it once. I promised a friend that I would. Yeah. And my alarm went off. I just turned it off. Because oh I dear. forgot. I was getting oh up. Dear. I know. So I was like, <laughs> never again am I going to commit to that. So, yeah. So I was self-employed for many, many years. But where we are today, myself and my partner, is that we have a yoga business. Mm-hmm. We have a yoga studio in the Chew Valley, just outside Bristol. Um, we train teachers. And we have them all over the UK. And we're growing that because we're going to be putting stuff online. Um, we run yoga retreats and things. So we have that. Um, we have our Arbon business, which is a network marketing business. And I still do stuff in the fitness industry, but I freelance. So mm-hmm. I, I get to, to pick and choose. Um, but it was a big turning point when I decided to set up the yoga classes. Because when you're self-employed, you're not, you don't have a business. And I see this a lot in the fitness, in, in with networking, actually. A lot of people are like solopreneurs, they call themselves, yes. right? Um, but if you don't do the work, you don't get paid. Yes. So you actually don't have a business. Yes. You're just self-employed. So it means that instead of your employ, employer paying your taxes, yeah, you end up paying your taxes. Yeah. But you're still trading time for money. Yes. So that job will take you so many hours to do and you get paid for so many hours you know and so that was a big light bulb moment for me when we got a business coach and that is why we have a studio now Mm. and we have seven other teachers teaching for us so I've learned to leverage my time Mm. and actually now have businesses that don't necessarily just rely on me so you've got the true freedom in that sense because the business is not you, it's it's an entity. Yeah. So is that the reason why you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Because that's what you are, yeah. sense, isn't it? I think it's got... debatable, isn't it, this whole what's an entrepreneur, really? Because <laughs> I think some people will say an entrepreneur creates jobs. Yeah. For the economy. Yeah. And I think, do I create jobs? No, I help a lot of people become self-employed and run their own business mm-hmm. but that's creating jobs though isn't it because yeah. they're creating a business which then might which hopefully then means that they yeah. employ people yeah I think it's just the whole definition of do you mean by job as in 9 to 5 yeah. employee yeah, yeah, yeah. you know or being self employed yeah. I don't think they count economically I don't think they consider <laughs> okay. that if you're it's not the right definition no <laughs> But the way I see it is that, you know, we have yoga teachers now who have mm-hmm. given up their day job and just mm-hmm. teach yoga full time. Mm-hmm. Some of them have built their own studios, so they're leveraging their time. Um, you know, with our album business, we've got a team of people, you know, again, who have teams of their mm-hmm. own. So they're learning to leverage their time, um, which I think is so important because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the average lifespan in the UK is 85 years. Right. If you're yeah, lucky, yeah, yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. And the first twenty years you can discount because you're a child, you're growing up, you're at school, yeah. You might be at college at university. So roughly twenty years you know, delete. Right? <laughs> oh crikey, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting to see where you're going with it. And then <laughs> retirement age yes. is around about sixty five. Yes. Yes. Most people die at eighty five. Yes. So the from age 20 to 65, 45 yeah. years of your life, you yeah. are working hard for somebody else. Yes. To get rich. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Right? 
then by the time you retire at 65, that leaves you 20 years, if you're lucky. Yes. And there was a healthy ageing report that was published for the UK mm. a few months ago. And they said that in those last 20 years yeah. of most people's lives, at yeah. least half will, yeah. will have, they'll have a disability or an illness of some sort. So the quality of life is, is really poor. Yeah. So that leaves you 10 years to just enjoy your life. There you have it, folks. So we're we're waiting for those ten years where we can enjoy ourselves. But do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. kind of don't think and people work so hard for the weekends. Yeah. They you know, or work so hard for their holidays. Yeah. But really in the grand scheme of your forty five years, how much does that amount to really? Mm. It's a very small percentage. Yeah. And um I just finished one of our yoga teacher training courses. Mm. And one of our new teachers, she's a consultant neurologist, and she goes, But Ansi you know, most people hit retirement age and die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Attack yeah. Or because of the stress that yeah. they had all this time, yeah. and suddenly it's like, what do I do now? And they yeah. just go downhill from that. You know, and so many people wait. When I retire, we'll travel the world. When I retire, do this. You know, it's like life's too short. And and years. this is one of the blogs that I wrote, where which I was I was talking about. You know, you can yeah. work, but or you can put your life on hold. Because as a mum, yeah. you put your children first. So that would be the 20 years that you were talking about mm. a minute ago. And then I'll start living. Well, you might not be here the day after you decide to start living. And yeah. you've just wasted 20 years of your life. So it's a similar... Yeah, absolutely. And I've said, this, theme. I said this before. I did, a, I did a workshop once for women mm. um, called Grace Under Fire. Yeah. And I said, the thing is, you have to fill your cup first as a mother and as, or as any person. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was a, there's an interview on uh, Facebook, Jada Pinkett Smith, you know, Will Smith. Yes. Wife. And she sat around the table, she's got this red table talks and it's her, her mum and yeah. I, normally her daughter and yeah. the guest. And they were, three of them were honestly talking about being a mother and being yeah. a woman. Yes. And Jada Pinkett Smith was saying, you have to look after yourself you do because otherwise not only do you neglect your own health if yeah. you neglect your own health how can you then care for the mm. you know your children and the people you love and then also i think there's this thing about losing yourself yes yes you become so and so's mummy yeah <laughs> yeah who's maria really <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> good question who is maria <laughs> you do yes so you've got to, I don't think it's being selfish. I no, think it's been brought up saying you can't be selfish because yeah. you're a mother. Mm. And you're like, well, no, actually. Yeah. You've got to look after yourself first. And we see that in the studio. These mums just literally fall through the door. Mm. <laughs> fall Exhausted. Flat on their mat. Yeah. And they look forward to that hour mm. away from everything. Mm. And, you know, that they can just switch off and yeah. refuel. Because... You know, I just think, you know what, if I can help them feel happier yeah. in that hour, that has a ripple effect yes. when they go home. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. then they're going to, you know, they're not as bothered with yeah. if there's, you know, stuff happening at home. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, if you're yeah, happy, then, then your family will be happy. Absolutely. Whereas if you are grumpy, mummy, oh dear, poor children, <laughs> poor partner. It is, though, isn't it? There's going to be a lot of grumpy vibes in the, in the house. Yeah. It's not good, so yeah. So what is your ultimate goal? 
ultimate goal for us with all our businesses, there's a common thread, is to spread happiness. That's really nice. That's it. To spread happiness, you know, and because we really, you know, I really, really believe that everyone deserves to be happy and healthy. Yeah. And I disagree with the fact that as you get older, your health will go down the drain. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think if you care for yourself, yeah, then you can be as healthy for as long as possible. Mm. And if you're healthy, I think you're you're gonna be happier, though, aren't you? Of course you are. Because if you're stressed with money or yeah. your health, then that's it. So, yeah. So for us, it's really that health, health and wealth, I guess. Yeah. In in the widest sense of the word wealth. Yes. You know, because we've all got our own interpretations of what yeah. wealth it yeah, means yeah, yeah, to yeah. us. But if you don't have to worry about money and you don't have to worry about your health, then... You're, you're onto a pretty good thing, aren't you? You must. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's about sprinkling happiness and then through our businesses, that impacts whether it's our customers mm-hmm. or whether it's our teachers where they go on and they can quit their day job and do what they love doing. Mm. You know, with Arbon, they can, you know, they're impacting other people's lives as well. It's just this whole ripple butterfly effect, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So that's our ultimate goal. Okay, so looking on the flip side, mm. what's the most challenging thing you've done? Because you've done <laughs> lots. Do you know what I was in networking? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, we were having an earlier conversation. (laughs) Um, Most challenging thing I've done, what, with work or just generally? Both. Most challenging thing I think in my life that I've ever done was to leave Malaysia and come to the UK on my own. Big. I was 17. Crikey. To do your A-levels. To do my A-levels, yeah. No no family. No family. No, literally, at that time, no one, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that was pretty scary thing to do at the time. Mm. Um, I wouldn't change it, you know, but uh, yeah. And then most challenging thing to do was when we started our yoga classes in Ritchie Valley. Mm. Because I've always, although I've been self-employed for many years, mm. I've always taught in health clubs mm-hmm. or taught for someone. So mm-hmm. I walk up, I teach for an hour, I get paid for the hour. Mm. I didn't have to worry. If I was away or sick, they'll get cover, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, if I set up my own classes, how's this going to work if I mm. can't teach the class? Mm. Um, so that was really challenging, not physically to do, but mindset-wise, mm. I think it was really challenging. And, you know, so the best thing we did was to get a business coach. And I just did everything she told me to do. <laughs> and look at us now, we've got an actual studio, not just like village hall classes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So, yeah. so, I mean, we've talked a bit about it anyway, but what drives you? Is it that the ultimate of spreading happiness or is it more than that? I think it's something I've been thinking about more recently, you know, because I turned 50 last year and mm. you kind of, as I was like 48, 49, approaching that 50, geez, half a half a century. Yeah. And it also means that I have less days left than I've lived. Thank, thanks for that bit of uh, positive news. <laughs> but it is so. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So, 
So it really played on my mind about the whole legacy thing. Yes. Yes. I don't have yeah, children. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, whereas I think if people with kids, then you kind of think of it as your children as being mm. your legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, they they carry on the family name, you know, whatever it yeah. is, and they can carry on, you know, keep your memory alive. Mm. And so, yeah, so as I was the last, the, the couple of years leading up to 50, and, you know, it was just, you know, what drives me is really my legacy. Mm. And I've, I've, I've kind of like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to do this, set up a charity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I watched uh, an interview with Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And she went through the same dilemma. Yeah. And her mentor is Maya Angelou. Yes. Know, yeah, the yeah. writer. And she said she asked Maya Angelou what, you know, about, they were talking about her legacy. Yeah. And Maya Angelou said to her, every life that you have touched is your legacy. Mm. And I was like, I can do that. You know, if I think yeah. of all the instructors I have trained and teachers yeah. I've trained all you know since my 20s mm. um, all that I'm going to that will come in the future mm. you know and then now with our album business we are impacting lives with people that I don't even know mm. you know yeah and and so that's a nice feeling actually. yeah they are sort of your children the people that you are the lives yeah. that you're impacting then yeah. You might not give birth to them, but they mm. they are sort of like your children because you have uh, yeah. contributed to them. To contribute to making their life, you know, a tiny bit better mm. somehow. Mm. You know, and that's that's what kind of drives me really. So, what's the best advice anyone has given you? My head of department when I was at university. Mm. And she when just, you were lecturing, when I was lecturing, she she just said, you know, just ask. The worst someone can say is no. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so simple. So simple. And I think we're afraid to ask. And you know, we were chatting earlier. I was saying I'm an introvert and I'm shy. Yeah. And it's it's a challenge yes. for me to yeah. ask. Yes. You know? Um. And. But with our business, you know, if you are running businesses, you mm-hmm. have to ask people. Mm-hmm. You do. do you want to come for a free taster? Yeah. Would you like to try this product? Yeah. Would you like to look at the business? Mm. Right? Yeah. And I think we are so afraid of the word no yes. and rejection. Yeah. Because we take it personally. Yes. That you kind of almost, it stops you from moving forward because mm. it stops you from asking or yeah. it stops you from us asking for help. Yes. Sometimes as well. Because you think that people will say no. Yeah. But actually, so what if they say no? Life still goes on. It does. You know? And then I keep thinking, well, if I go to a restaurant or you go to, you know, get a coffee, coffee shop, they always ask you, would you like, you know, something with that? Yeah. You know, or would you like dessert? Yeah. And the number <laughs> of people that probably say no, it's like, yeah. it's not personal. No, it's, it? not. <laughs> it's, it's not. just a, such a small word. Why would it hurt you? I was listening to someone talk about this, you know, the whole rejection thing is because it's been drilled into children, though. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean that that it's kind of like has negative associations? Because kids in the early days, and you're a mum, you'll know Mm. that, right? When you say no, they'll do it anyway, and they'll do it anyway. But at some point, it's drummed so much into them. Yeah, repetition. Mm. Mm. Oh. So, what advice would you give our listeners who are sat there looking at 
their current situation, whatever it might be, and they're looking to make a change, whether it's career related, whether it's from a health and fitness point of view, and they're just sat there and maybe it just seems all a bit too difficult. What advice would you give them? I would say just do it. You know, I, I said about, you know, the whole lifespan thing. Life is way too short. Mm. Way too short. And, you know, I think there was a quote years ago. I was in New Zealand and I was flicking. I was there for work and there was like uh, one of these American talk show. Mm. I don't know if it's the late show or the tonight show or whatever. And the the guy was interviewing this young boy. What's his name? Matty Stepanek or something. This yeah. young kid's died now. Yeah. He's got genetic um, illness that mm. meant that I think all his siblings, they've all died from it. Oh, okay. And he wrote poetry. Oh. And the man who was interviewing him said, are you, are you afraid of death? And this young kid said, no, I'm not afraid of death, but I'm afraid of the pain and the suffering that I'll mm. have prior to that. And then bizarrely enough, I was walking in, in Auckland and went to a bookshop and went the first bookshop I went to, I saw his book of poems. How bizarre is that? Yeah. So it's a little book and I bought it and one it's it's um it's it is it it's called oh, is it Life Song or something? Um or Heart Song. And the poem was basically about how we all have this song in our hearts. Yeah. You know, and that we should let that song out rather than die with it yeah and i kind of think so many people we fall into this rat race of school college or uni or whatever and then work you know and then we get caught up in that 40 odd years of work and we forget about you know that heart song and yeah you know that dream and if you if you're not in the slightest bit if you're in the slightest bit uncomfortable you're not happy with your situation you know as hard as it is it's like someone saying, no, it's not It's not the end of the world. Mm. You're better off having tried than not trying at all, I think. Yeah. You know? Well, and what's the, what's the acronym? Fear is an acronym for something, isn't it? F-E-A-R. Is it? False evidence appearing real. That's all fear is, because it's yeah. just in our head. Yeah, yeah. We make up yeah. these stories. Yeah. Then we end up being scared, but actually... And it stops us. It stops us, and it's not even real. It hasn't yeah. even happened yeah, yet. Yeah. You haven't even yeah. tried. Yeah. So why not just, you know, give okay. it a go, yeah. have it go, pull on your big girl's pants, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm all for putting on the big girl girl's pants. pants. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and just do it, you know? And on that uplifting note, thank mm. you, Anissi. If anybody wants to sort of get in contact with you if they're interested in either the Arbonne business or they're in the Bristol area and they want to find out more about the yoga studio how is it best to contact you because obviously I know you're on Instagram and Facebook and I'm on Instagram Facebook uh and CEO is normally my handle even on LinkedIn um I have my website's just a blog it's anceo.com um and yeah our yoga I've Studio is Yoga Chu Valley. Yoga Chu Valley. Just Google Yoga in the Chu Valley. Um, but if you're in the Bristol area, if you want to have a cup of coffee, drop me a message. Happy to have a chat. Thank you, Ansi. And you're thank welcome. you, everyone, for listening. Yeah.